Daniel Barnett here. Enrolment for the 2025 Virtual Employment Law Academy is now open. Go to www.virtualemploymentlawacademy.com for more information. Enjoy the episode. Hello, Daniel Barnett here, and welcome to episode 30 of Employment Law Matters. In this episode, you'll learn how to recognize stress in an employee, how to minimize that stress, and what reasonable adjustments you can make. Big thank you, first of all, to Karen Dot Walsh, who said on iTunes, Great series of podcasts, always clear and easy to understand and apply in the workplace. Thank you, Karen Dot Walsh. If you send your proper name, which may or may not be Karen Walsh, and your postal address to podcast at danielbarnett.co.uk, we'll send you a copy of my book on GDPR for HR professionals as a thank you for taking the time for leaving a review on iTunes. And I do actually have a book on preventing and defending employee stress claims. If you're interested in getting hold of a copy, join www.hrinnercircle.co.uk and we'll send you a copy of that along with a few other books I've written as your welcome gift. Just make sure you put Employment Law Matters podcast where you answer the question, how did you hear about the HR in a Circle so that we know to send you the books? www.hrinacircle.co.uk Welcome to Employment Law Matters with Barrister Daniel Barnett. Stress affects not only the individual concerned and their family and their colleagues, but it also increases the costs to employers who are absorbing the impact of sickness absence, replacement cover, lowered productivity and even increased accidents at work. According to the World Health Organization, two-thirds of the employees they surveyed said that stress made it difficult to focus, leading to mistakes, missed deadlines, lateness and trouble getting along with colleagues. So as a responsible employer, it's important to be aware of the impact of stress in the workplace and to look at ways to reduce it. The health and safety executive defines stress as, quote, the adverse reaction people have to excessive pressures or other types of demand placed on them, end quote. It's not an illness in itself, but it can trigger other illnesses such as anxiety, depression, heart disease and strokes. Here are some symptoms you can look out for. Lower performance levels, inconsistency in performance or making mistakes, loss of motivation and lack of commitment, inability to make decisions and forgetting things or being evasive, taking long lunches, sounds like me, or being late or leaving early, not mixing with colleagues, crying or being oversensitive or being angry or irritable or moody. It's not an exhaustive list. There may be other symptoms attributable to stress. Stress manifests differently in different people. But hopefully that list will at least give you a starting point. If you're thinking about reducing or preventing stress in the workplace and trying to help your staff, I'd recommend reading some of the excellent information out there. The Health and Safety Executive have a really good section on their website, ACAS has some really useful information on mental health in the workplace generally, including a great in-depth advisory booklet and a free e-learning training course. ACAS says that managers can spot the signs. That can initially mean taking a note of what you see as you walk around or see things in team meetings and then choosing the right moment to intervene. 
managers can engage with the problem. There are some good practical steps you can take to help with coping strategies and some legal requirements you need to bear in mind. For example, your duty to make reasonable workplace adjustments in certain circumstances. ACAS says managers can keep a watching brief. In some circumstances, that can mean passively observing, but not always. HR can play an important role in promoting awareness of mental health issues and creating a culture where employees feel they can talk to you about mental health issues. Keeping communication channels open is critical, according to ACAS. In a few weeks' time, I'm going to be making available 20 HR policies through my website. One of them is on well-being, which will cover issues relating to mental health and help you as an HR professional build a culture and encourage managers to recognise where they can help people with potential mental health problems. Keep an eye out for that. It's coming out in about six weeks time. Let's have a quick think about some adaptations you can make to help someone who's either suffering from stress or indeed off sick with stress. If they qualify as disabled, you have to consider these adaptations as part of considering reasonable adjustments. So what can you do? Well, you can reduce someone's working hours. You can phase a return uh, if they've been off work. You can change start times and finish times. You can reduce workload. This is really important if the issue which caused the stress was too much work. You can change the type of work, although That can cause stress in itself, so always consider this alongside any medical evidence and make sure you take account of what the employee says about it. You can move the employee to a different team if you're a large enough organisation. This can be important if relationships have broken down. You can give extra supervision or training. Sometimes you can pay for treatment or counselling, and if the stress or mental health condition was caused by work, then sometimes it's going to be a reasonable adjustment to pay for treatment or counselling. It's not usually a reasonable adjustment to pay sick pay for longer than you normally would under a sickness policy. But if you've caused or prolonged the absence by failing to make a reasonable adjustment that would have allowed the employee to stay at work or return to work earlier, then it might be a reasonable adjustment in those circumstances. If the stress leads to performance management or disciplinary meetings, you may also need to conduct reasonable adjustments to that process. As with all misconduct and performance procedures, you should investigate thoroughly. If there's any hint the underlying problem is due to mental health issues and or stress, get occupational health involved. If you don't do this, any later dismissal may be fair. For members of the HR Inner Circle, www.hrinnercircle.co.uk, you know we now have our list of recommended occupational health professionals arranged by city inside the members area of the website. So if you need to find a good recommended occupational health practitioner, you'll find it in the members area at www.hrinnercircle.co.uk. Consider making adjustments to the disciplinary or performance or absence management procedure, even if a disability hasn't been identified, if stress is a factor. Don't forget to record the adjustments you make. These can be helpful if you face a claim later. Here are some reasonable adjustments that could be made to the disciplinary or performance management process. Allow more time for communication with the employee and consider different methods. Sometimes people will say, I don't want you to contact me. You may need to remind the employee more as they may not pick up the phone or answer letters or emails. 
But just because somebody says, I don't want you to contact me, doesn't mean you're not allowed to contact them. Speak to occupational health first, but remember, who's the boss? You are. You are entitled, if not obliged, to manage the process. Don't allow it to be derailed by somebody who says, don't talk to me. But as I say, always talk to them in conjunction with occupational health. Allow a friend or a family member to help them get their written consent first. It's not ultimately a substitute for communication with, with the employee themselves, but the friend or the family member might be able to assist with getting them to reply to letters, to return consent forms, to make doctor's appointments. Similarly, allowing someone who's not a colleague or trade union representative to attend meetings can be helpful, but make sure you don't let a lawyer attend meetings. Many reasons for that. The most basic one being lawyers are generally there to cause trouble during disciplinary or performance management processes. Maybe look at holding the meetings at the employee's home or somewhere neutral outside the workplace. And be careful and be sensitive with the tone of your communications. Tribunals do not like employers who appear to disbelieve their employees when they're absent particularly if there's medical evidence corroborating that they are ill. What claims might you face out of a stressed employee? Well, there's several that an employee complaining of work-related stress can bring. I'm not going to go through all of them, but in summary, they are a breach of contract, unfair dismissal, including constructive dismissal, disability discrimination, personal injury and harassment. As I mentioned earlier, I've actually written a book on this and you can get hold of a copy as a member of www.hrinnercircle.co.uk. But just make sure when you're signing up, you put as how you heard about it, this podcast, Employment Law Matters. To finish, here are some key messages to take away on preventing and defending workplace stress claims. One, watch out for the signs of stress and take early action when you spot them. Two, Communicate and create an open culture where employees have ways to discuss stress and seek help. Three, get the buy-in of management and carry out a stress risk assessment in accordance with the Health and Safety Executive Management Standards and Guidance. Four, review your policies in the context of stress and consider whether a stand-alone stress policy is right for your business. Five, Make sure you put the right systems in place so employees can raise issues. Six, consider support and reasonable adjustments where necessary. Seven, take appropriate medical advice. Eight, keep notes. Nine, notify insurers if you do get a claim or you think one is brewing. And ten, if you think there might be litigation at the end, think about taking some early legal advice. Thank you so much for listening. If you like these podcasts, they come out every single Tuesday without fail. You can subscribe at www.danielbarnett.co.uk slash podcast. And please do leave a review on iTunes or any other podcast review site. I pick one review from the iTunes, the Apple podcast website every single week, read it out on this podcast. And the person whose review I read out gets a copy of one of my books as a thank you. So that's probably the best place to leave your review. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Daniel Barnett. Bye bye. 
information on this podcast is for general guidance only. Always seek legal advice. Please see full terms at www.danielbarnett.co.uk forward slash podcast terms.